And welcome back to another episode of Giving the Points podcast powered by Fantrax.com, home for our college fantasy football league. And with me, as always, is Jason Osho Odell. So without further delay, my friend, give me three takeaways from last week's college football landscape. Three takeaways from last week. You know, I'm really fired up about this week's podcast. We've had a we've had a great week. Number one, somehow Notre Dame is putting themselves back in the race for the national title. Hmm. Everybody's fallen to the wayside, and they just continue to win. They had their hiccup, which wasn't a huge hiccup versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati continues to win out, but Notre Dame's putting themselves right back in there. They've got no games left versus a ranked opponent. And they look like uh, they're going to be making a name for themselves here very soon. Number yeah, two, one. Cincinnati survives the scare. We knew it was coming at some point this year yeah. that they were going to go in and play a game versus a team that they should have shellacked, and they they survived it. I was I was impressed with with their tenacity. They held on. I would like to have seen them scored oh another touchdown or so to win me some more fun tokens. But at the end of the day, they survived and move on. And three, last week's games sucked. It was one of the worst slates of games that we've seen in quite some time. I'll say in a couple of years. And the games, while I watched them at the felt, weren't that good. So there, there was a – other than the nine overtime Penn State game that lasted till 630. Mm. Um, there wasn't a lot to watch, and none of them had the outcome which I desired. So those were the three takeaways for last week. What did you see out there? You know, let's 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 talk about the 10,000 pound elephant in the room, uh, your alma mater, the great Penn State and the Lions. This is the funny thing about that. And I don't know if you've ever even thought about this since the game. They didn't even cover the over which is only 46 which is crazy for nine yes. overtimes you'd think you'd score 80 apiece at least so well, here's the thing is as i was excited about the over and i didn't know this shame on me for not not following college football as much as i should in the summer but they changed the rule over the summer so hmm. after the first two overtimes mm -hmm. the teams no longer get the ball at the 25 yard line they get it at the three-yard line, and everybody has one play to do a two-point conversion. Yeah, I did notice that. I, we had my um, grandson's party, and we were watching outside, and I was kind of halfway watching it. And I'm like, this has got to be something new that I didn't know about. They started uh, – my, my father-in-law, bless his heart, doesn't know much about football, was like, oh, so what's the rule here? They go – they go, they have you know, one time on offense each, and I was trying to look yep. like I know what I'm talking about and say – Oh, well, they go for two-point conversions after a certain time. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's crazy. I was looking at the um, the stat line here. Is it after the second overtime? Then they start it's after the second overtime. They go straight to the three-yard line, and they get that's one crazy. play. Both teams so, get one play. They went five overtimes without any scoring. That is crazy. It was insane, man. I was I, – I literally – I had to get up from the felt and, and walk away. I had I had my I had my iPad with me and I just walked to the corner. I lit me uh, a lucky and I just I stood outside and just watched this game in, in amazement that Penn State couldn't get three fucking yards. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was. Uh, yeah, that was that was uh, another thing that stood out to me was the Wake Forest Army game. Um, I think yes. I was quoted in saying the high powered or something like that 
Wake Forest offense, which we don't hear, won't say too much. And I yep. thought that Army, they run the ball the whole game, obviously, and I thought they'd be able to control the game. But obviously, Wake Forest had other, other ideas. So that was a that 70 to 56, 126 total points scored. It was a very big surprise to me. Those two games to start the day off was uh, kind of interesting for what I thought was going to be a, a somewhat down uh, down Saturday, which ended up being, but those were the highlights to me in the early part of the day. You know, I, I was really happy about that because, you know, we, we had side bet Saturday going. And, you know, oh, while boy. you were rooting for Illinois, I was rooting for Wake Forest to continue to pile on points to get back some get back my five ski that I put out there. Yes. Because uh, it was a uh, it was it was amazing to me I, I just how easy they were scoring. I was, I was like, I wish I would have doubled up on that one. Yeah, you, but, you fared well on our side bet Saturday for the first time this season, I would say. Uh, but we'll get to that a little bit down the road in our pod. Um, so let's shift gears here to our list this week. We've decided to shift back over to the sports-related topic. Um, we're going to go a little bit outside the football dimension, and we're going to focus on something that our – I'm assuming yours and mine, both our first love basketball. And recently the NBA's you know, 75th year has started. So of course they have the list, the updated list of the 75 best players um, in honor of this 75th year. So what we thought we'd do this week is kind of go over three players that we think should not be in and three that we think should be in. And I think we're both, under the assumption we're basing this on our lifetime from the maybe the 80s on like i'm not gonna uh, pull paul arizon which i've never or hal greer which i really don't know much about out um so that's that's what i'm gonna base mine out and ends on yeah i agree and the way i looked at this is if i was gonna take somebody off who would i put on yeah so or if i was gonna add somebody who would i take off vice versa that's kind of how i i looked at it and yeah it, to me, if I'm going to put a list together like this, it's got to pass the eye test for me. It's got to, I got to know the player that I'm, I'm putting on and the one I'm taking off and, and have some, some opinions about it. So yeah. that's kind of how I did mine. Yeah, I agree. I agree hundred percent. We're not going to be given, uh, we're not going to be putting anybody in from the Syracuse nationals or some team from the fifties or sixties. So I, I'm pretty safe to say that you won't as well. You know, this is based no. on our very limited digging of stats and history and all around pretty much half-assed research, uh, if I may say. So um, So let's do this. Let's just go with the three in a row that we each think should be out. And then we'll do, we'll go back and forth and then we'll do the three that we think should be in. And I tell you what, Sounds you'll do good. your three out and then three in, and then I'll take my turn. So you have the mic, my friend. Give me three that you think out of the 75 should not be on there and why. You know, to me, this was this was a easy pull. Um, these three cats, they shouldn't be on the list. Number one, Carmelo Anthony. Hmm. What what has he accomplished? Exactly. He he hasn't accomplished anything. He he's never won a title. Yeah, he won some Player of the Year awards, and he he had a couple good seasons of scoring. But I never got the hype with him. He he. He was good at a lot of things, but he wasn't great at anything. So pull his ass off the list and send him back to New York. Number two, Anthony Davis. He's a joke. Okay. He's got no longevity in the league. Yeah. He, uh, what, again, what has he accomplished? 
nothing. He's not done anything unless he's had a LeBron or somebody on his team right. that has pushed him to where he needs to be. And he still hasn't. I, I think I'm correct in saying he's never even won a ring. Yeah, uh, let me. Uh, he did won one last year in the COVID year on the coattails of LeBron and the yeah. cast that he brought in. So it, it wasn't that he won it in New Orleans when he was there. So that was you know, maybe it's too early, if anything, for him, in my opinion. Well, I can't disagree with that. But at the end of the day, if it's too early, he's not on the list. Yeah. Um, And number three was probably the easiest. Who One of the players that I think is the most overhyped son of a bitch in the NBA. And all he's good for is a decent State Farm commercial. And that's Chris Paul. Wow. I'm not a, okay. not a fan. I don't like him. I don't like his game. His game is very vanilla to me. Uh, I can't remember the last time I saw ESPN highlight of him doing anything besides shooting a mid-range jumper. That's it. So he's off my fucking list. Chris Paul, he, good night. That is very interesting. Uh, I think recently, I know you can take statistics and use them to your advantage or throw them out the window. It's it's either way, but I think recently he became the first player in NBA history to hit so many thousand points and so many thousand assists, which is pretty impressive. So uh, speaking, you know, on the of the whole history of the NBA, but again, statistics can go out the window if you haven't won a title, which of course he has not done. Um, so yeah, those are those are three interesting choices. Um, Who do you have in mind to be in? My three to be in. Number one, Alonzo Mourning. Wow. How do you leave Alonzo off the damn list? He averaged 21 points a game in the 90s. So I, I kind of looked huh. at this from their time frame of when they played, right? So we we could shove in Vince Carter, which I didn't put on my list because you've got it on yours. I would bet a thousand bucks that you've got him on your list. You're about to lose a thousand dollars. Really? So Vince Carter, he had a 22. So he's he'll be my honorable mention then because he had. 22 years in the league. I mean, think about that. Oh, yeah. He started in 97. Amazing. And he was good every year. So he's my honorable mention. So number one for me, Alonzo Mourning. Averaged 21 points a game in the 90s, 10 rebounds. He averaged a double-double. Had he been a winner anywhere, though? He was a four-time NBA All-Star, a defensive player of the year, 1990 first team, 1999 all-defensive team, he, he's Alonzo Mourning. He was the guy you feared when you when you took it to the hole. Absolutely. Great shot blocker. So, yeah. So, n- number two for me, I got to go with Texas two-step, Tim Hardaway. Wow. You know, okay. I, okay. I, really, I really admired Hardaway's game and what he did in the NBA. In a, in a world where Jordan was flying above everybody, this dude was crossing people up. He was making people look sick and then – and then dishing it to Mullen in the corner who was burying the three. So he averaged in the 90s 19 points a game, nine assists, three rebounds, almost two steals. He had five NBA All-Stars. Think about mm-hmm. that, five. And he just dominated the 1990s. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was the man. And then number three for me, I'm going a little bit back. I'm going back to when I was a kid. This guy has all the stats in the world. He's 20th in scoring in the NBA. Okay. All time. He's all time. Mm-hmm. 95th in assists. Hmm. 
we kind of briefly touched on him on a text line because I was already thinking about this this list as it was going on. But he was hurt because he played in a time zone which no other team played in. Played for Denver. There wasn't a, wasn't a lot of damn TV time for Denver back in the 1980s, and that's Alex English. Mm-hmm. So I want to give a little shout-out to Alex English. He was the man. Th- there were others that I really thought should have been on the list, but mm-hmm. I will leave it to those four and turn it over to you. That's uh, that's a that's a very good backing for your reasoning uh, for who should be out and who should be in. And uh, we're, we're, we're on the same page for two of the three that should be out. I totally agree with Carmelo. Uh, he's never been a winner, and he will be a winner possibly by default this year just because he's on a loaded team. Um, Anthony Davis, you know, one title last year in a weird season where really everyone was uh, playing road games in the bubble in Orlando. So I think, mm. if anything, he's too early for this list. Let's maybe look at the NBA 100, at the 100th year anniversary. Then we can perhaps talk. The clear-cut one to me, and this really sucked because I, I love the way he plays sometimes. And I, I, I tell my son to not pattern your game after this guy or your attitude for that matter. And that's Russell Westbrook. I, I, he, he's only on there because of him, I think, statistically. He's not a winning player, never has been on a winning team, if I'm not mistaken. I don't even think he's been to a finals. And maybe with Oklahoma City one year, maybe. However, he's on there because of his triple-double seasons. I, recently, when he was uh, with Oklahoma City, he went on that tear for a few seasons. And, you know, breaking Oscar Robertson's uh, record is pretty impressive for averaging triple-doubles. Mm-hmm. But I just don't understand. It may be a little bit too early for him as well, although he's been in the league for quite some time. I just wasn't jiving with uh, the Russell Westbrook choice. So I, I, I agree to, with that. Those are, those are my main three, so I agree with two or three years. As bad as I, I couldn't go without saying two more things, and I'm not adding fourth and fifth, but I'm curious about why Maravich is on there. I love Pete Maravich. I think he's fantastic. He's never won anything. He's in there for statistical reasons only, from fancy plays. I was kind of questioning. He was on the cuff. If it wasn't for Carmelo Westbrook, he'd be on there, unfortunately, although I love him. And I think Damian Lillard's a little too early. I think he's in that group with Anthony Davis, maybe the NBA 100 then we can talk. But uh, Lillard, I love the guy. He's he's clutch. Um, but those are my who should be out. Who should be in was pretty clear cut. I've got two definites and then a tie for third. Without a doubt, Dennis Johnson. You know, I, I looked up some DJ. things about Freckles. Yeah, DJ Freckles. Freckles out of, out of Pepperdine. Um, not only did he win with the Celtics and was a key part of that that run in the eighties, but he got drafted by the Sonics ended up playing for the Sonics for a few years before going to Phoenix and then back to Bo- or to Boston, but he won a title and was the NBA finals MVP in 79 with the Sonics. When they had that game, he's one of the more clutch defenders that I can recall seeing in my time in the early nineties or rather the eighties. Uh, he was specifically yeah. put on magic. Uh, back in, I want to, I forget which series it was in the Lakers Celtics um, era in the finals, but specifically to six, shut him seven, I think. Yeah, to to limit, not to shut him down because you ain't gonna do that to Magic to to limit him to what he can do. But Dennis Johnson, man, I, I don't, I don't think he ever put up. I mean, not a lot of glowing stats. Fourteen points, five assists, uh, just over a steal a game, but just the, what he meant to 
that point guard for the teams he was on. So for a team. See, mm-hmm. I, I always thought DJ was the glue of that team. Yeah. You know, he, he was the one who Correct. orchestrated everything and, you know, he really helped Bird a yeah. lot. I mean, Bird was a great off the ball uh, magician, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But DJ knew where to find him. He knew where to draw the de- the defense. He, I, I always liked his game. So kudos to you for that. Yes, sir. And the second one may be a little too early, but I think what he's done already, and he's only overshadowed because the guy on his team is better than him. And he even got a playful little flack from his teammates that he got number 76. Uh, well, quote unquote 76. He barely didn't get in, but it's Clay Thompson. I think it's a little too early. He's without a doubt going to be when it comes to the NBA 100, he's going to be on that list. But if you know, it it's hard for-, for me with him. It really is. I, I always, I, I look and this is, this is the old man coming out of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I always look at Clay Thompson, like Scotty Pippen. Would he yeah. be as good? if Seth Curry wasn't out there lighting it up from the volleyball line, you know, and that's really how, how I look at it. Now he's a great player, but I've never got to see him play without Curry without or without the, the guy from Michigan state. I can't, my mind. Draymond Green. Draymond Green. I yeah. can't stand that son of a bitch. Yeah. But I, I've never got to see him play without that. And I guess that's part of being on a great team, but I, I, I agree with you. But uh, dude, in 10 years, which is a surprising 10 years, he's been in a league. Three-time NBA champion, obviously, because of Durant and Steph. Five-time NBA All-Star. Second-time All-NBA third team, which is fairly impressive. Um, yeah, just he's a, a two-way player. He, he was great on defense, and I hope he comes back, and he's fantastic. Maybe one of the top three or four or five shooters of all time to me. Uh, obviously, Steph is probably one or two, but – um, yeah, those, so those are my two to start with, shoe-ins, um, Clay Thompson and DJ, but I had a tie for three, and I was going between Bernard King, Adrian Daly, and Alex English, and I chose Alex English. Just looking statistically, like you mentioned, he didn't get a lot of pub because he was out there in mountain time. Um, back in those days, they didn't have a lot of TV coverage. I mean, before TBS mm-hmm. and uh, TNT. There, uh, CBS, for that matter, there wasn't a lot of coverage of the West Coast. It was on a tape delay, and uh, I used to watch him and just be like, wow, this guy. I mean, he didn't do anything flashy, but before you know it, he's put up 25, 30 points. And then on top of that, he was an all-star for multiple years, never won a title, um, never was on a, a cont- – well, I wouldn't say he never was on a contender. Denver was had a pretty solid team for some years, but, you know, the Lakers were always in their way. But, um, yeah, I – and Dantley and King could have easily been in there, but uh, yeah. I don't know if they had done enough um, individually or on a team to uh, to gain a 75th position. So I'm going with uh, Clay, DJ, and Alex English. I, I like those. You know, the, the the youngsters of the group, probably even some of our friends don't remember that back in the day, all you could see was the Bulls on – uh WGN. chicago wgn and you had the hawks on tbs that's, that's it that's all you had that's it man you, know, you had the sports center on at 7 a.m well you got the you got the 11 30 sports center but the games were out out west were still going on so yeah and know, finally we, in 1989 I, I tried my best mm-hmm. go ahead no i was gonna say in 1989 we were able to watch uh the magic and heat on sunshine network yep 
and they weren't easy to watch. No. <laughs> so that was a tough watch for a couple of years. Yeah, but you know, teams. I tried my best to find a way to put Oliver Miller on this list. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> and I, would would you know, he even I, make I just, would he make an all time uh, fi- top five uh, Arkansas squad? I don't think he would. He, well, that would be tough. It would. We'll, it would. We'll have know, to delve into that. Center, you. You'd almost have to go to go with. Uh, uh, I can't. My mind just went blank. Um, it was the, the what? What year? You knew who I'm talking about. Ninety four, ninety two, oh, ninety three. Scotty Thurman. Day. But yeah, oh, Scotty Thurman. Ninety four. Lee Mayberry. Lee Mayberry was, was the early was the point guard. You had Todd Day, but who was yeah. the guy that looked like he just took steroids and lifted oh. lifted weights? Uh, he played in the NBA for a long time. I, I can't think. Oh, of Corliss that. Williamson. Coolest Williamson. There you go. Yeah, he was a good role player for a long time for the Kings, man. Yeah. Yeah. So let let me – something that we hadn't prepped uh, to do, but if you had to choose two players from this current era that could be on the top, the NBA 100, that aren't on the 75, who who would you say if you had to pick some? Was Luca on the list? He's not on the list. Okay, Luca would would definitely be on the list. Luca's going to have a long career. Yep. Um, and you know what? I'm going to go out on a on a limb here, and I'm going to say within the next ten years, this guy's going to catch fire. I'm going to go with Tyler Hero. Whoa! <laughs> I, I really like his game. I, I, wow. I, Hot take. I, Jesus Christ. I, I I really like his game. I like his spot up. Yeah. And he's explosive. not gonna make he's not gonna make all the highlights. He's not one of those guys, but I really like his game. Yeah. Um, so those would be the two that I'd say, hey, uh, Donka uh Luca first, yeah, for sure. That he's a shoe in. Yeah. But if I'm gonna go with a dark horse, you know, which I like to do, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with our friend Tyler Hero. Well, I appreciate the Kentucky love. I, I gotta say Luca and Joker. Jokic is easy yeah. going to be in there i mean he's already one-time mvp by default a little bit in a weird year but um you know i, I see him possibly not staying in denver the whole time maybe moving on to a team with uh with some other superstars to form uh, a championship contender but um one thing that i, I don't understand and, and then we'll we'll uh move on here is i don't understand I, i've listened to a lot of talking heads and and read some articles about this over the last few days. I don't understand why everyone's up in arms about Dwight Howard being snubbed. He got to the finals one time with the magic and now he's latched on again with the Lakers. He is a awesome rebounder at his peak and better than average score and great defender. What are your thoughts on Dwight Howard? I, I, I don't understand everyone's one my, my thoughts about Dwight Howard are, are going to be very synonymous with a lot of people of my generation. And that's you don't go chasing a title by teaming up and going to other teams. Right. And if you if you look at the greats when we watched basketball, the 80s and 90s, there wasn't a lot of flip-flopping. You were either traded because the team didn't want you anymore. And I, I guess that's that's a sign of the times, right? Now there's free agency out there and everybody's trying to get the big dollar. You know, I certainly get it. Mm-hmm. But for LeBron and these clowns to go out there and say, well, it's, 
let's let's have these sideways phone calls in the back of a strip club somewhere and let's line up a team that'll win us a championship. I think it's bullshit. And yeah. Howard, you know, I liked Howard when he when he was with the Magic. And then he started pulling his bullshit. Yes. About, I want out of here and I want more money. And I want – well, do uh, – granted, he didn't have any help on his team. Right. You know, he didn't have a lot of help. But that takes time to build. You know, yeah. uh, you know, it just takes time to – unless you're a Kobe or a Shaq, even Jordan, it took time to build around Jordan. Mm-hmm. So it takes time to do that. And he's not a player that could put a team on his back and do it himself. Yeah, so, he may not have been patient enough and kind of jumped for the Lakers and Kobe and trying to, to win that title a few years after he was with the Magic. Kind of got frustrated probably. But, well, I'm glad we went over that. And uh, I look forward on our podcast to the NBA 100 25 years from now when we're older men. And we'll go over <laughs> that and uh, rehash that. Oliver Miller, I'm going to put him on the list. He, he's going to make it. Uh-huh. So let's, I'm let's change. On the list. <laughs> we're going to change gears real quick before we hit the college football part. Um, you mentioned you had an interesting story in Home Depot. I'm going to give you the floor, man. Tell me all about it. Oh, God, this is going to be the fucktard of the week. We're going to go ahead and just knock this out right now. Public service announcement. So I was on my, I had a couple of days off this week, took some vacation time. I said, I'm going to go build myself a closet because I, I, I've got too many clothes. I am a clothes buyer. I'm a shoe buyer. I've, I've got all this stuff, and I can't find it when I want to. Uh, I just need – I'm an I'm OCD. i got to get organized, right? Got a new house. One of my projects I wanted to do, I can do it how I want. I can build it with the way I want. So I'm going to Home Depot and buying that shit and knocking it out. So on the way to Home Depot – those of you who don't know me, I have mellowed out tremendously in the last 30 years. Uh, you know, 2021 Jason O'Dell is not the same Jason O'Dell that was walking around in 1996. Let's just be honest. Not Go ahead. One, I see you wanting to talk. Not the one walking up and down the uh, YMCA talking mad trash, just a hothead. No, far cry. Yeah, I can no, tell. I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm just, I'm just mellow, right? And so... I pull into Home Depot. When you do, there's a three-way stop. Everybody's got to stop. Everybody stops. I stop. The guy next to me stopped. This bitch ran the stop sign. And I was okay with that. Maybe she didn't see it. Right. I don't know. But she gave me this look as she did it to let me know that, yes, I know I ran this stop sign. And I'm going to continue going. So I said, you know what? It's my, it's my vacation day. I'm at Home Depot. I ain't got number time. I'm going to let it roll. So I parked my car walk into Home Depot, and her and I met like this at the front door. And she gave me this look like, yes, I am better than you. Wow. And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, did you not see the the red stop sign? Did you not see the stop sign right there? And she she just kind of looked at me like, what stop sign? And I, I said, that big fucking red one right there. You didn't see that one? She goes, oh, no, I didn't. And instead of saying, I'm sorry, instead of saying, you know what, I made a mistake, which I've been okay with. She mm-hmm. says, I'm having a crisis right now. And I just looked at her and I said, you know what, I'm going to take the very high road. Very. Okay. Yeah. So I got my cart because I had a lot of shit to get. And I started walking in the store and this bitch tried to turn into Zeke, Isaiah Thomas on me. And her fat ass is walking down walking down the main aisle of Home Depot, talking shit to me as I'm walking in the store. Not talking to you, but talking in general. And you She's talking it. about me. Right, right. So everybody within 20 
fucking yards can hear. And more than likely you, with the intention would, of you it, hearing. Yeah. yeah. So she wasn't going to have enough balls to talk to me to my face. I know she that move. As she's walking away. Right. And I don't like that move. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I could call this bitch out right now and, and create a stir, but I'm not. So I, I kind of went down my aisle to where I was going to main out, and this bitch stopped at paint. Now, I don't know what kind of fucking crisis you have, emergency you have with paint, but I said, you know, here's my shot. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to take it. So as I'm walking by paint, I yelled out as loud as I could. Watch out, everybody. Karen is having a paint emergency. And this bitch gave me the death stare. And I said, you know what? I'm going to check the box. I won. I'm headed to closet shit. I got my closet <laughs> shit, went to, went to my, my fucking, did my thing. So out of nowhere, I'm headed towards a checkout. <laughs> this bitch walks up to me and grabs my cart, the front of my cart. Oh, and she shit. said, my name is Rochelle and I'm having a bad day. And she goes, I don't appreciate your sarcasm. I said, wow. Karen, I'm going to tell you something right here. I said, there's only two people that give a fuck about your day right now. And that's you and your mother. And I don't see that bitch standing here. Number two, you're going to get a whole lifetime supply of sarcasm. If you don't get off my buggy, because me and you are about to, me and you're about to go down. <laughs> you said buggy. Get off my buggy. <laughs> get off my buggy, bitch. That I got shit be to the do. That's the title of this podcast this week. Get for those of buggy. you who follow and listen, the thousands upon millions of people, get off my buggy. That's that's get a beautiful off story. My buggy. So the, the moral of the story is, and the fuck part of this whole thing is, it's not Karen. It's people who think they are more important than everybody else. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care what position you hold at work. When we walk into Home Depot together, we are all fucking equal. And I try to give people respect i try to you know at least be courteous of other people in my surroundings you know there are other people in the world other than me and you know my closet doesn't precedent over somebody else's shit right but so the fuck tart is anybody who thinks they're more important than anybody else so fuck them beautiful on that note we'll take a quick break and let's hit some college football we'll be right back All right, everybody, welcome back. Let's briefly glaze over our college fantasy football league. Um, as we were just talking about, you know, we've got a nine-team league this year. Um, we have four playoff teams, and basically seven teams are vying for three positions in the playoffs. I'm four and four on a bye, so it's out of my hands now. You're three and four. You got this week. If you win, I think you got a chance. So um, how'd you do last week? I didn't even take a look at see. I'm, I've, I've been doing so shitty. I haven't really been paying attention. How'd you fare? Last week was a big win. Okay. We uh, we got some, some good points out of Jefferson and Stroud. Jefferson Stroud. being from Arkansas, Stroud being Ohio State. Yep. You know, my – I also got – I picked up Henderson um, early in the season from Ohio State. He put up some good points. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I had a good talk with Tyler Algier, and uh, he come through with 32 last week. Probably Oof. most impressive is I jumped out there and grabbed the Houston's defense, and they put up 25 points. So, nice. I had a 203 to 189 victory. So, we are – we're heading in the right direction here at the end of uh, – into the season. Yeah. And I think the parity of our league where we've got one five and two team, one two and five team, 
everybody, all of the seven teams are in contention. That's pretty fun and cool. It's going to come down to probably, no, there's no probably to it. It's going to come down to tiebreakers, but I was, uh, I squeaked out a victory, 235 and a half to 226 over Hog Dog, the uh, two and five team. Uh, my quarterbacks, 42, 34, 37. That tells the story right there. They, they held my ass up, man, led by my boy from SMU, yep. Tanner Mordecai, who's been with me through thick and thin, uh, one of my lone surviving draft picks. Um, Jareth Stearns, my wide receiver for Western Kentucky, who I traded for. That dude's a, he, he caught 14 balls. He's just a PPR machine. So if I can uh, surpass some uh, losses this week, I might be able to squeak out, or we most might be able to squeak out one of those uh, three remaining spots for the playoffs. And that's all we ask for is just giving us a chance to get to that next level. So that's it. Get me in anyway, the playoffs. Well, let's move on to, let's take a look here. We're going to talk about a little Heisman talk. So, you know, every week we update from eh, maybe th- week three or four on who we think is the, uh, the leader in the clubhouse to win the Heisman and who we think might be a dark horse. So um, give me a idea of what you're looking at now for this week after last week's action, or if it just stood the same. You know what? I'm I'm sticking with with my guns here. I'm going Ritter, number one. Pickett, number two. Bryce Young, number three. Those those are my my three. One of those three will win the Heisman, and I'm I'm kind of hoping it's Ritter. Yeah, yeah. Financially for me as well. I've got some money invested in him. I'm staying with what I had. Uh, my winner. I think he's done enough. I think last week was it last week's game or the week before uh, Corral for Ole Miss. Yeah, uh, running the ball versus Tennessee. It was the week before last. And then uh, my dark horse, financially, I'm hoping Bijan Robinson. I don't think, I mean, he, statistically, he's done enough. Team-wise, his team's got, I think, two losses, maybe three. I think, as they always do most of the time, Heisman voters look at the team you're on. I, that's my opinion and, and mm-hmm. how they're faring. And like you said, you've got Bryce Young, one-loss team. You've got, I think you said Stroud. Did you say Stroud or not? No, and Stroud's not on my list, oh. but he should be. He's yeah, good. I mean, honestly, my Ohio State runs deep, or my hate for Ohio State runs deep, so that's why he's not on there. He's coming back. I don't think that uh, Caleb Williams for Oklahoma has done enough or has enough time to even have a chance to get in there, but he's doing his damnedest. I mean, he had a hell of a game this past week, even though they barely squeak, squeaked out a victory, and that's going to be talked about, I think, later in the show here uh, for last week's action. So, um that's our Heisman's predictions for winners and dark horses. Give me your most and least impressive fantasy players from this last week of action. Most impressive, Sam Hartman from, from Wake Forest. 458 yards and five touchdowns. Hmm. Least impressive, no one. I'm giving everybody a friendly pass this time. It, I, no one just jumped out and said, you know what, you, you're horrible. So we're going to give everybody a friendly pass on the least. You're a sweetheart. I agree with you on the most, man. Sam Hartman, there, there was a few quarterbacks that just uh, stood out, but he, the, the most impressive stat for me was not necessarily the yards or the touchdowns, but the fact he threw new interceptions and he only miscued six times. He was 23 for 29. That's, that's a pretty damn good percentage. So um, that high-powered offense that I, I dubbed them last week, probably foolishly, uh, there's seven and zero for the first time since 1944. So um, kudos to them. And uh, my yep. least impressive uh, is anyone, especially the Clemson defense. Uh, 
Mm. I'm going with them. Not in, in particular player, just the Clemson defense. Now four and three, which is unheard of in the last decade. Yeah, they use you know as we well know once used to be a considered a dominant D. T, you know, real life wise and fantasy wise, they gave up 464 total yards to Pitt in a 27-17 loss. As Pickett and Pitt continue to roll in the ACC, surprisingly. Yep. So uh, yeah, Pitt and uh, Wake Forest. I can't believe we're saying this. Are head head and above all the other ACC teams. So Clemson yeah, D is my least impressive fantasy wise. How about your most and least impressive team overall? Most impressive team, we got 1A and 1B. Alabama continues to just I, – I thought we were going to see a, a drop-off this year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. They, they just find a new gear and go. The other one's Ohio State. Ugh. Ohio State, they looked shaky at best the first two, three games of the season. And I yep. thought, yeah, they're done. They're headed towards Clemsonville. But they have made a right turn t- towards Titletown, and they're going to get a really good shot to, to run the table and get in the playoffs. So those are my two impressive, mm-hmm. least impressive. I got two as well. We've got Oklahoma State, which I predicted on this show, and uh, I, I, right. I knew they would crumble. And uh, Penn State, Jesus fucking Christ, what happened in up in Happy Valley? Uh, it's just a just a train wreck. I mean, I, I know Clifford's hurt. He's got a bad wing. You could tell. I, I watched a little bit of the game with my son, and I said, "Son, that my boy, that kid's hurt." Looking at the way he's holding his arm, look the way he's shaking it, but. uh Penn State's just – they've got no running game, so they're yeah. in trouble this weekend. All right, so you had two – that was your two, correct? Those are my least. two, yes, sir. So I'm going to start with your least as my most, Illinois' defense. Now, maybe it was a combination of Clifford's uh, ineptness, if that's the right word, uh, because he was hurt. Uh, they were a 25-point underdog, and they mm. went into Happy Valley and lasted. And I'm going to say lasted. It, it – Nine overtimes, which we talked about, obviously, earlier, and holding Penn State to only 18 points. So, um, kudos to Illinois. I mean, every dog has their day. You know, a 500 Big Ten team, uh, you know, good for them. And uh, it was just a combination of the two. Maybe Illinois' defense was not as uh, – was better than Penn State's offense. So, uh, my least impressive team was Memphis. My, how the mighty have fallen. They are mm-hmm. they lost to UCF, who's not the UCF of your yesteryear, four to seven. Now four and four. And normally at this point in the season, a Memphis team behind you know Norvell era would have been eight and oh, seven and one. But they are just that offense that was uh looked upon fantasy-wise by all players in our league is just hit and miss at best for some, especially the quarterback. I don't even know what the, I forget what his name is, but uh, yeah, Memphis is just not looking like they used to. So they're very much so my least impressive team. Yep. Um, let's look ahead to this week's slate of games. Uh, as a reminder, we always like to point out three games that we're looking forward to if we can per week. Last week was pretty tough for me. And then we give it a rating on a scale of one to 10. So uh, let me point out before you give me your three, the middle of the day window games are pretty weak. And if, if you look at the slate and I, this is saying, you know, Florida, Georgia down here and for that part in the whole Southeast is a huge weekend, you know, normally the Halloween weekend. I just don't mm-hmm. think it's got the pop as it used to, but give me your um, three games you're looking forward to watching. My three at noon, I'm going to be tuning into Michigan, Michigan state that has national title implications, big 10 implications, and uh, 
as we will hear later in the show, Michigan should cover. Um, 3.30, I am intrigued by Georgia-Florida. I'm intrigued by what Florida can do. We, we know what Georgia's defense is going to try to do. We know what they're capable of doing. I just don't think – the one thing Florida has going for them is they do have a decent defense. Their offense is suspect, but I don't think we've seen Georgia play against a team yet. And I could be wrong, but I just remember them seeing them play against a team that's had a decent defense among the Arkansas of the world. So I, I'm kind of intrigued about that. I also want to see what Florida's going to do with their quarterback. Yeah. It's time for them to, to get off the schneid and to start that Richardson kid and just give that give him the job. I mean, yeah. I've seen enough Emory Jones to blast me a lifetime already. So I, that does intrigue me a tad. And then at seven, I, I got to go hometown. I got to go Ohio State blowing out Penn State. It's going to be close for about three minutes. And then it'll be time to uh, flip it over to something else. It may be three minutes, maybe. It's, if Penn State gets the ball first, it'll be it'll last three minutes. Three and out. So those those are my three. What are you giving rating-wise? Uh, last yeah. week I started at 6.9. After I watched the games, I moved it to a 6.7. It was a shit show. I wasn't happy. Right. This week I really like – there's really a, a lot of games to watch. I rated it a 7.6. Um, could have been a little higher, but I got it right now to 7.6. I'm with you, not to be uh, uh, Mr. Agreement, but uh, Michigan, Michigan State at noon on Fox, two 7-0 and teams. It's going to decide which way the Big Ten goes. Uh, you know, with what I mentioned earlier, the middle of the day window of games are very weak in my eyes. I mean, Florida George is about the only thing that's uh, just for tradition purposes. I normally try to catch most of it. You know, your good old 3.30 CBS SEC game, and I think from my point of view, 14 and a half points is very generous for Georgia. So yeah. um, I might throw a couple of ducats on Georgia, maybe even an alternate spread, uh, a little bit more than that. And then I'm going to go with you on Penn State, Ohio State, man, 7.30 p.m. ABC. I'm assuming that's the old Herb Street-Fowler combination. Um, you know, how can Penn State bounce back against one of the hottest offenses in the country? It sickens me to say that, but it's very true. I'd be lying and not the broadcaster that I am, if I lied about that. Um, I'd give it an overall 8.1 this week. It's pretty solid. Um, I did want to go back to something real quick before we move on. Ohio State, as I look down the schedule here, of course, they have their one loss already. They've got games, one versus Michigan State at home, and then one mm -hmm. at Michigan. Now, I'm, I'm also jumping over Purdue, which has been, as we see, uh, solid Iowa, solid team. But who do you think they lose to if any? Michigan State, Michigan, or both, or neither? I don't think they lose to any of them. You think they're running the table the I rest of the year? I think they run the table the rest of the year. Wow. I really do. And I, that pains me. I, bet. I mean, like a tetanus shot, that pains me. I'd rather get a tattoo on my cheek, is to say it. But a tattoo with no one... the word Rochelle? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Row on one but cheek, I, shell on the other. Yeah, spelled S H E L L. Yeah, row R O row ho shell ho shell. So I, I just don't think with their offense, I just don't see anybody playing with them. I think Michigan, the Michigan Ohio State game will be close in the about through the first half. Yeah, um, I think Michigan State is done by middle of the first quarter. And I think Penn State is done 
about four plays in. I really do. And, and I'd say here, I'd love to say here, like I have in, in, in past years and said, Penn State's going to beat blah, 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 blah. This right. shit ain't happening this week. I mean, I, I'm a realist too, and I, I do gamble. So Absolutely. I got a lot of, I actually, for the first time in my life, have put a lot of money on somebody playing Penn State because I know it's going to happen. One game I noticed um, at, before we hit another break and come back for wagers is uh, uh, an evening game, which I might have to watch, Virginia at BYU. And the only reason I bring this up is because, if I'm not mistaken, Bronco Mendenhall, which is one of the all-time great player coach names, he's a coach for Virginia. Mm-hmm. I think he used to coach for BYU, if I'm not mistaken. So that's interesting that they're going back. It's either BYU or Boise, one or the other. Was it? Okay, maybe it was Boise. Yeah. Maybe it was Boise. Okay, um, then forget I said that. But that's still the Virginia offense, and BYU is hit or miss for the most part. They're a good team. I think they got some injuries, but that might be a little – if I'm up late and looking to watch something, Virginia-BYU, I might have to peep that at 10, 15 p.m. It was BYU. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I, – I, I knew it was a team that started with a B. Yeah. Uh, blue uniforms. I, yeah. Well, every dog has It was name. Brigham Young. Yeah. Well, let's hit a quick break, our last one, and we'll be right back and go over our wagers. This and all of our podcasts are sponsored by Malicious Intent Apparel and Sports Memorabilia. Check them out at www.mal-int.com to purchase your next humorous sports t-shirt or that signed rookie card you already have pictured in your man cave. Earn 15% off your next purchase when you use the promo code 15ONMI, that's 15 on MI. And be sure to follow us at Giving the Points Podcast on Twitter for our weekly college football picks and random college football info and thoughts. All right, welcome back for the final segment. Um, this week's wagers, um, as a reminder, each of us has been allotted with a $1,000 fake bankroll before the season started, and the one of us with the largest remaining bankroll at the end of the season takes the other one's $20 bill. So as a reminder, each week we place dollar amount wagers on one single game pick with spread, one underdog money line pick, one parlay and or teaser, and one NFL pick with the spread. So let's recap last week's wagers and our updated balances, and most importantly, good old side bet Saturday. Why don't we just uh, start you off? Why don't you go through the side bets first, since you're um, you're uh, glowing about that, sir? You know, I don't I don't know if you can see me right now, but side bet Saturday, it was just like all my picks. It, it, it's just it's nothing but money, right? So don't let the missus see that. We we start. Oh, that's that's hidden in the drawer. So we're going to start off with. Uh, Mr. Cox said, you know, Wake Forest is going to win by three. And I said, you know, I don't think so. I, I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. And you know what? He, he was right. He, he added another another Finsky to the list. But then the reign of Odell started on Saturday. So we had uh, the Wake Forest Army over. And as we know, Army covered the over just by themselves. So we, we added a little five to Odell. And then we sat here and Cox kind of – gouged me around and said, well, what do you think about Florida State? What do you think about Florida State? I said, I think they cover the 35. And sure enough, it happened. You know, I, I predicted that when I called that when I made you some money. So before I go on to the the real money making, Jeff, how, how do you feel about Side Bet Saturday? 
you know, this week is a, a minor, a very small chink in the armor comparing, you know, we don't want to get into a tussle of the previous I bet Saturdays, which I've somewhat owned, but um, I, I wasn't uh, too happy about it, man. Uh, uh, we got to go over the next two. I mean, let's go ahead and let when it rains, it pours. Yeah. So, so America, I sat here last week and this is always my favorite, favorite time of the week is when I get here and sit here and tell you that I would have made you some money. I would have made you a shit ton of money if you just listened. You know, I, I was on a couple of, of, of text streams and people are saying, who to take, who to take, who do, who do I take to, to make some money? I said, just go listen to the podcast, write it down, call your bookie, put it in because it's going to happen. I sit here and said, you know what? Ohio State, we're going to put 88 to 180. Ohio State's going to cover the 20. Check the box. That happened. It happened easily. That covered in the first half. I said, you know what? 50 to win 55 on Oregon. They're going to hit the money line. They're going to beat UCLA, who's favored. Check the box. I sit here and I said, you know what? I really like a good teaser. We're going to put 110 on to win 92. We're going to take Oregon plus nine. Check that box. We're going to take Ole Miss minus three. Check that box. So we said, you know what? We are going to also take an NFL parlay. We're going to go 55 to win 60. Not a whole lot, but money's money. We're going to take Green Bay minus seven. Check that box easy. In New England, minus four and a half. Check that box easy. We started off at a measly $13.35 for the week, up $335. We closed out at $16.22, up $622. Now, I listen to a lot of shows, and I see a lot of TikTok, and I listen to all these gamblers. I can't tell you one of them that are up. 622 bucks this year betting 50 80 bets so with that i will turn to you and say what say you sir for last week well as we all know you know i i, I shot my shot and early uh, i had a small lead and i was very proud of that as a stated many a time but now i had taken some chances especially with the moronic uh wager a few weeks back and we're down to a whopping five roughly 550 so we've got some wa- some some water to tread and to, to get up out of that uh, that hole. So last week we took an alternate spread. Uh, Oregon was plus two, so I swung it to minus two and a half. They end up winning, you know, by more than I think field goal or more. So I uh, bet eighty five to win one hundred two. I lost on the Oklahoma State money line. Uh, they lost to mm. Iowa State, mm. very mm. close game. Of course, you won that on side bet Saturday, so that lost me $100. Now, I did hit my teaser, uh, or my parlay, rather, that I did tease. We had UTSA minus one, Notre Dame minus one, Ole Miss minus three. We bet 125 to win 225, so that was our saving grace. And then on NFL, we had Tennessee plus 11 and a half. Check the box. Let me use the Odell words here. Mm-hmm. Green Bay minus two. Check the box. New England minus one. First the Jets. Check that box big time. Baltimore, pick them. Put your brakes on. We lost 60. That cost us the teaser or the parlay. So we are from 550 to 716 and 40 cents. So we are down 900. We're contemplating a rebuy. If we get below 500, Possibly so, but let's see what is on tap for this week. Wonderful week nine. Give America and myself what you got. Well, Jeff, I'm going to tell you, you're, you're lucky. Being being down 
286 bucks. I mean, that's only a Lipinski paycheck. So you're in good shape there. I mean, we, we, we can recover from that. And I, and I'm going to, I'm going to show you the way to get your money back. Okay, so please. this week, a ton of great games out there, a, a ton. I'm going to give you just four bets that I've got. And then if we have a little time, I'll sprinkle in a little sunshine at the end for you. Sure. So we're going to put 110 to win hundred Kentucky. Give the points minus 1.5 easy, easy win. I, I really like them versus uh, Mississippi state. I haven't seen a lot of Mississippi state and Kentucky has a very unique offense to, this year. They're very balanced and they've added that running quarterback Levis. He gets them some yards. So I, I think at the end of the day, I think Kentucky's offense is better than Mississippi State's defense, and I think they cover. Okay. This the, this next game, I put 110 to win 132 on a money line. You know, we always we always like to take a money line during the week, and I'm very intrigued by this game because I don't know why, unless it's the last four week schedule that Ole Miss is not a favorite in this game. Ole Miss has been throwing the ball all over the field. I know Auburn's had two weeks to prepare for this game. I just am not a believer in Auburn. I'm just not. Same. So we're gonna take we're gonna take Ole Miss in the money line, one ten to win one thirty two. Okay. So teaser time. We're we actually parlayed this one. We're gonna put sixty six to one one eighty three. We're gonna take money line Notre Dame. Notre Dame will cover. We're gonna take Ohio State straight up. And we're going to take Buffalo minus 13 and a half. Hmm. Buffalo is going to put it on Bowling Green. Um, that is a, a noon game on Saturday. That's going to be a lock that in and get you some money there. Buffalo's offense looks just unbelievable. And Bowling Green can't get out of their own goddamn way. So that that's going to be an easy win. Hmm. And I tell you, the slate of NFL games this week is really, really tough. There was nothing that really, to me, I said lock it up. But I did like – Dallas minus two over Minnesota. Dallas has looked sharp. I think Dak's going to be back. Um, he's petitioning to play. You know, Dallas has got the wide receivers. They've got a good running back slate with, with Pollard and with Zeke. So I think their offense is better than Minnesota's defense, and I think they cover that too. So we're going to put 110 to win 100. What about okay. you, sir? I'm going to take the same route with Kentucky. I, I don't trust Mississippi State. Um, I brought it down to minus one buying the hook. So I'm going to bet 120 to win 100. Uh, I like the Michigan State money line versus Michigan. So I'm going to throw 75 to win 120. Um, I'm parlaying, and as we discussed before the show, uh, it didn't look right, but it certainly is. I found a combination here, parlaying the Mississippi money line to beat Auburn and the Iowa money line to be Wisconsin. So only wagering 80 bucks, winning $351.20. So uh, we're going with that, no doubt, and probably in real life bets too. And then we're going to yes. head over to the NFL and we're going to take a parlay, just simple two games, no, nope, I did do three. I take that back. I, nothing's ever simple for me. So I teased the six points. We took Tampa Bay down to a pick them, Tennessee to minus one, and Arizona pick them, which we'll see what's going on tonight. Do you have an update for me on that? Uh, yeah, it's 10 7, uh, Green Bay. Oh, so I'm headed in the right direction. Sounds like, eh. so I'm wagering 90 to win 135. So with that being said, 
Time for some side bet Saturday action. Do you have anything in mind? Because I do. I'm going to go out on a limb and choose something. You know, go ahead. I, I, uh, I've been very fortunate when I'm picking on the back half. So I'm going to let you throw it out there and see what happens. Now, you can, you're, you're very high on Buffalo's offense, a four and four team, which I was in the past. I don't know a damn thing about Bowling Green. They're two and six. They've gotten beaten pretty well, like a drum this year by some teams, but I don't trust Buffalo as much as you do. So just for the sake of competition, you know, I'm, I think I'm up 15 on side bet Saturday, but we'll have to have our um, accountant check that for us. Oh, the accountant certainly needs to check that. Yeah, just in case. So um, I, I'm going to offer this to you. I don't like that 13 and a half. I will take Bowling Green for five bucks if you give me 14 and a half. Feel free to say no or feel free to counter back, please. I'll give you 14. 14. Okay. All right. That's giving you a half a point. That'll work. That's 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 good enough. So out of the goodness of my heart, I'm taking Bowling Green plus 14. Odell's got the mighty Buffalo, whatever the hell they are. The Bills, Braves. The so, Bulls. The Bulls. Okay. There's another B. You're taking a minus 14 for $5. Yeah. So do you have anything that caught your eye? I mean, we're on the same page with Mississippi, UK. Um, does Iowa strike your fancy? Are you in the Wisconsin? You think of Wisconsin? Um, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'll take your NFL teaser. I'll go the opposite of all those. Every one of them. Hmm. Yeah. Well, obviously Arizona and Green Bay, we can't do, but let's take a look here while we're. Who's, uh, who's Tennessee playing? Let's take a look here. Tennessee is playing the Colts at Indy. Oh, oh yes, yes, I see, I see one that I that I like. So it just it just jumped out at me. Okay, scratch everything I've said until right now. I'm willing to go double up and go ten dollars, and I'll take Michigan. Michigan's going to kick the shit out of Michigan State. Oh, I welcome that any day of the week. Ten dollars. Now, now let's 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 so talk about this. In in, in true fairness, in true fairness, right. the line that I have right now is Michigan minus four. Oh, that's okay. That's the line that I have right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Michigan minus three. I'll meet you at three and a half. I can't do three. Ooh. It's either three and a half and four are the same to me. Same thing. You know what? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll take minus. I'll take plus three. So. Okay. Give give this to me again so I can make a note of this. Michigan minus three for 10 is what I have. You have Michigan State plus three for 10. All right. It is booked. So once again, now anything else? Did you want to go back to the NFL? Did you like the Colts? No, let's 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 not roll that way. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some bets that I have on my on my sheet here, and you tell me which ones you if you any of them catch you. Okay, sure. Go for it. I've got uh let's see here. We already talked about Michigan. I got Clemson. I'm not um, touching I, anything with Clemson. <laughs> you know who they're playing this week, right? Uh, no, who remind me? Florida State. Oh my God! So I put uh, I put Clemson. I, I did a teaser from nine and a half to three and a half. I didn't even buy the hook with that one. I got That's... Clemson, uh, Kentucky minus four and a half, and I took Ohio State minus twelve and a half. 
So that that's going to be an easy win for me. I put some good money on that one. That's a pretty um, good parlay. You parlayed them together? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's pretty solid. I, I can't go against any of those that you mentioned, unfortunately. Let's see. Uh, Notre Dame minus three. Nah. SMU is a pick'em with uh, they're playing uh, Houston. They're playing Houston. SMU is a pick'em. Hold on. You like yeah. Houston? No, I like SMU. Oh no, I like SMU too. So we're not going. There. Okay. I can't so, touch that Clemson, Florida State. That's crazy shit right there. Yeah, wow. the line the line's nine and a half. Um, but I, Clemson's going to beat the shit out of them. I, really? I don't. Yeah, know. I think I think Clemson beats the shit out of Florida State. Wow, no. Uh, you know what? I I like Notre Dame. No, you like Notre Dame. Well, I, I do too. A, yeah, I definitely like them. Minus three. Take that down. Or I'd buy if I had to buy the hook. You know what? Yeah. Maybe even do alternate spread. I don't trust Carolina at all. I think we're good. I mean, I'm good as far as. Well, we got 15 out there. and Yeah. Yeah, man. No, we, we were at, and I'm just looking at this after last week, we were at straight 20 and I won 15, you won five. So it's uh, the figure I have is one, two. So I've got you up 10 bucks is what I have. Okay. Well, like I said, we'll have our accountant go through it and uh, hash it out. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe we're both wrong. Um, Who knows? So any more wagering related stories, info, do you want to throw it? the Americans, the world, Germany, don't forget them, and myself? No, no, I, th I think that's pretty much it. You know, I, I gave America some some good, good tips to make some money. You know, as you can see, we've had two weeks this this year where we're in the green. Now, we haven't even lost a game. I haven't even sniffed a game losing. And I have a really sneaking suspicion we're going to be at number three of doing that wow. this week. There's some, there's some good money. I, I will say I've got more money out this week than I have all season long because I, I really believe in some of these. Okay. Some of these picks. So, well, uh, before we part ways, I did want to uh, mention something that I just caught wind of today and it's been out a few months. It's uh, a recommendation on a documentary. It's um, it's called once upon a time in Queens. Do you know about this? No. Huh? Okay. It's on ESPN Plus, so I haven't found anywhere that you can watch it on the ESPN platforms other than pay an extra for it. If okay. you find a way, more power I've to you. It. But it's about the 86 Mets. I am not a baseball fan at all, but, and I know, I knew the players. I used to play bases loaded, or whatever the hell the damn game was on Nintendo back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I followed RBI. the huh? RBI. That was it. That was the one I'm thinking of RBI baseball. So I know the Mets and how good they were. Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, uh, you know, Nails. But the debauchery, those guys, I'm only on, it's a four-part series. They're each, I believe, an hour long. So we're essentially a four-hour mini-series documentary. Um, the debauchery that they did that, that, that I wasn't aware of is amazing. I just knew them for wearing blue and orange pinstripes. Uh, being a great baseball team growing up and my friends, uh, a couple of my friends were fans of them, but I recommend that highly. I haven't looked at IMDb to see what it gives it, but it is crazy, man. I recommend it. If you need a password to get in there and don't want to pay the money, hit your boy up off the show and I'll, I'll give it to you. Uh, the, I, I really enjoy that, that Mets team. Um, back then I was really into baseball. 
from like oh. not, yeah, my, my grandfather and grandmother were huge baseball fans when I was a kid and I started playing baseball before anything else. And I fell out of love with it about 88, 89, when I started really getting really just deep into basketball, right? Something had to go and that just happened to be it because, you know, the long days of long dog days of summer were the long dog days of watching a baseball game. Yeah. But, um, Really love the Mets. Really like that team with, like you said, with Gooden and and I've seen a, another similar documentary that mm-hmm. talked about their drug use and all the stuff. And it's oh. just amazing. That yeah. In the other documentary, what I saw of how much drugs these guys were consuming. You know, when you're a kid, you just think Daryl Strawberry's a goofball. Yeah, and you didn't yeah. know he's high on cocaine all the time. Right, right. I'm a nine year old kid. You're what eleven or twelve, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, they're just great athletes, man. It, it's worth a watch. It's great. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to finish it after we get done here, but it, it's great. Very so good. I recommend that's called once upon a time in Queens four part series from what I can find only on ESPN plus okay. ESPN's making you pay for it. So it's, it's probably worth a, a one month, uh, $7 membership. So with that being said for Jason O'Dell, I am Jeff Cox wishing you much luck in your wagering endeavors. And as always get off my buggy, bitch. Please don't forget to follow us at Giving the Points Podcast on Twitter. Again, that's Giving the Points Podcast spelled out. And don't forget to rate and review the show on the Apple and Anchor Podcast apps. And as always, we thank you for listening to two middle-aged idiots talk about stupid things.